Hello and welcome to Presenting, a podcast where we chat about various topics related to role-playing games, typically Paizo products such as Pathfinder and Starfinder, but also others. I'm John Godek, and with me today, again, is Carlos Cabrera. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me again. Yeah, yeah. It's it's super, super having you again after yeah. what you've done for me, you know. Uh, so Carlos is a freelance role-playing game writer and designer. His work has been published by Paizo, Legendary Games, and Write Publishing. He is the founder of Something Clever Games and also works as a voice actor. Also, it was just announced at Gen Con just last weekend that he will be working with Evil Genius Games on something he'll get a chance to chat about here. Now, Carlos, we talked two years ago, so it would be two years, years ago in November, uh, and then last year I was fortunate to get you as a guest speaker when I had somebody else drop out, and you came in and talked about your company and how you got started for my students in my entrepreneurship class, so so that was great. Yeah, now, can fun. you Can you give us an update on some of the things that you've done since then? Yes. Um, so the project that I was sort of reaching out to people to hopefully announce back in 2020 is still in progress, but I am happy to report that after Gen Con, I met the board game publisher in person and we had a delightful chat um, this past Thursday to actually finalize the contracts and hopefully get that in motion. Um, so my first board game project has been sold. I'm still looking to find out when the development schedule will be like um, to announce what that property is, but mm-hmm. it'll be a board game for a uh, global video game IP translated to the tabletop. Nice. So I'm super excited for that. Um, and then after the entrepreneurship class that I had as well, um, man, that was pretty just fun to do. That was the first time I actually talked to students about that kind of thing. <laughs> um, I've been to uh Antioch University for like um, almost more of like a life social kind of thing but nothing really for the mm-hmm. business yet so that was super fun um so uh, there's a new announcement after Gen Con that is happening where now I'm working with Evil Genius Games on an update to the D20 modern setting mm-hmm. yeah i saw that announcement at Gen Con and uh I was um, surprised to see the whole the whole breadth of it. Now, it looks like Evil Genius Games has got this huge number of licenses for the yeah. Crow and, and different things, and they're doing uh, using their uh, Everyday Heroes system in order to kind of flesh these out. And you were tasked with working on what part of that? So they actually reached out to me after finding my previous work. So kind of fun. That was the first time that's ever happened to me. Yeah. Um, and they asked me basically what my three favorite properties that they were working on, um, that I wanted to do. And top of that list was total recall and they didn't have a writer for that yet. So they basically signed me up immediately for that one. Nice. And is this going to be players going through like it was in the movie? Total Recall, playing those roles and that situation, or is it something different? This is going to be a actual sequel to the original film with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And um, the movie studio will actually be approving everything I write for this adventure. Wow. Wow. That's cool. Now, not the Colin Farrell version, the 
Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. What's the difference? Is it different studios that did those? I don't know. Uh, I believe it was. Um, I was looking up how the movie rights sort of worked out. And I think it was Columbia Pictures that did the original film. And then they branched off into the remake in 2012 and sort Mm -hmm. of went into a different direction with that. But um, I think it was Studio Canal that was announced at Gen Con that has the current um, license for Total Recall. And um, they wanted, well, Evil Genius pitched their idea, and I've always been a big fan of the film. Yeah. And yeah. then um, just like, you know, rewatching the film just recently, looking at the mm-hmm. special effects and how they hold up. I'm like, this is still a really good movie. Plus, it's always fun watching Arnold yeah, to do yeah, like, yeah. you know, his little catchphrases and all that. Um, but yeah, they uh, allowed me to basically write the next chapter of what the Arnold Schwarzenegger story would be with the players participating in basically what's going to happen right after the events of the original film. Wow. And so you actually get to play as, uh, I don't remember what is, what, what is his name in the movie? Uh, his name was Quaid. Um, okay. Douglas Quaid, I believe it was. And after the, you know, there's now air on Mars and yeah. the CEO of, Cohagen is dead. Um, they basically just stopped the movie right at that point. Right. Um, so I basically will be dealing with the ramifications of all that. Mm-hmm. And um, the design team will, of course, be doing the additional rule content to support the adventure. Right. So there'll be rules for um, there'll be rules for mutant powers. There'll be rules for um, memory implantation using the recall company's devices. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I was told by Dave Scott, who's the CEO that I probably got off a lot easier than a lot of people. Cause I can just basically write what happens next and yeah. the movie studio will basically put their stamp of approval on it. Wow. Um, for things like their other properties that they're doing, like, um, Kong, for example, yeah. like he had to sign all these NDAs to get access to basically their monster verse Bible. So they have mm-hmm. like a very discreet path of how they want the next stories in that universe to unfold. Mm-hmm. So it's more of like matching their vision where this wow. is basically, I almost have, I wouldn't say free reign, but um, I get to be as creative as I like and see if it's basically what the studio enjoys. Right. And so, so they're done. They, they, they didn't plan on a sequel or, they're hoping that your writing is so good that they can base the screenplay on. I'm not I mean, sure. Fingers what. crossed. They want to do something <laughs> with it after this, but that nice. would be amazing. Nice. Now, is it going to be set in that world or will you be actually playing the characters as they go on? Like the same characters in the movie. You can play the original characters that you want using the system for your adventure. Okay. And I do know that evil genius does not have the likeness for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, right. Right. You don't need that. But- yeah. But, but you could stat um, them out and yes, and, yes, and they'll the still have the yeah. stats in case you want to use them. Okay. Um, but you'll be playing new characters dealing with the aftermath of having air on Mars and what that means for the corporation that was basically in charge of everything. Nice, nice. Yeah. Now, have you worked with, uh, have you played anything with Everyday Heroes before and, and used the D20 modern system before? I've been actually a pretty big fan of the D20 Modern system. Um, Mm -hmm. I wanted to actually use the D20 Modern system in some kind of updated form for my personal campaign setting that sort of 
attached to the mobile project we probably discussed the last time. Right. Yes. Um, so when they approached me about this job, I was like, I already love the system. So I'm sold there. Mm-hmm. They're updating it for D&D 5th edition. And I basically got to take on a project where they're doing all of the heavy lifting of revising a system I've already wanted to use. Mm-hmm. I just get to add to that content and then add to the lore for the specific property. So sold. It was a pretty easy decision. Yeah. Yeah. Now, are is there any like additional, um, you know, any books or anything that followed up on the, on the additional, on, on the initial kind of writings or do you know? The original film was um, based upon a short story by Philip K. Dick. Mm-hmm. And then they have the original film. Since then, there's been a, I think it was a British TV series. And then, the, of course, the remake with Colin Farrell, but I'm specifically only using reference material from the original film and the short story. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I was curious if there's, you know, like if you look at the Star Wars universe, there's like so much additional yeah. writing that happened, you know, from when the first movies came out and stuff. And I didn't know if there was something like smaller scale, right, yeah. for, for Total Recall, given that it was, you know, at the time it was pretty popular. And I think it has become kind of a, a cult hit yeah which yeah. kind of spurred the, the the remake being done which the remake wasn't near as um wasn't near as good it wasn't like as campy you know yeah. as as kind of the original in that regard and it didn't have arnold obviously i remember leading into the history of that and i think what arnold was proposed by the writers to actually make a sequel to the original film mm-hmm. um thought it was a little bit overly complicated and then years later they went in the separate direction that Colin Farrell's movie did. Right. But um, this basically gets to be whatever happens to his character right after that, plus what the players right. are involved in. So yeah, it's kind of fun going back to the original source material. Yeah. Now, can you talk a little bit about uh, Everyday Heroes and the D20 modern system? I, you know, I had interviewed Jeff Grubb, who was like one of the folks that kind of helped write the D20, yeah. the original D20 modern system. I've actually never played it at all, so I don't have a lot of familiarity with it. So the D20 Modern System, of course, being based on 3.5, it used a class and sort of advanced class system that was basically separated by 10 levels apiece. Hmm. So you had your base classes were only 10 levels, and then your, you know, extraordinary ability classes or your prestige classes were sort of what happened in the late game. Right. As something that was just an added on section of the level growth back then. And I do know that uh, the Evil Genius crew, they're only focusing on the first 10 levels because with Everyday Heroes basically being what it's called, they wanted to have a low to mid level modern day campaign setting right. using this rule set. And then I believe next year they're planning to go further with some more books to bring that back up to 20. Oh, neat. So it'll be everyday superheroes then. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, <laughs> you know, uh, urban yeah. fantasy or stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, that's that's kind of neat. I, I like the 3.5 system. Uh, yeah. I'm playing some 5e now. It's way different, mm-hmm. way different, obviously. Um, yeah, no, that's kind of a, a neat way um, for them to go out doing it. Now, it looks like Evil Genius Games has a lot of licenses. And if they had to go through all these NDAs and all these things to put mm-hmm. it together, it, that's seems like it would be complicated and expensive. Do you know anything about uh, the company and what's 
kind of strategically or how, how have they been able to go about doing this? I'm, yeah, I'm curious. They're also a pretty new company to the market too. Mm-hmm. Um, during Gen Con, and this is a, a fun little story that um, the CEO, Dave Scott, and I shared, was that we realized that we both work in the same Amazon building in downtown Seattle. <laughs> like he actually came in, saw my Pathfinder lanyard because I worked at the first floor desk yeah. and chatted me about it a few times. He's like, oh yeah, I should probably talk to you more about that. Never thought anything of it. And then about a year later, reaches out to me for a job. Yeah. Um, so he was actually speaking to Jeff Grubb about the original D20 modern game and some mm-hmm. of the things that Jeff would fix if he ever revisited it after, you mm-hmm. know, just networking and having some drinks like you do. And then they were just like, well, why don't we just do it? Why don't we just update the system? And then the Kickstarter was born. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, um, I'm still curious about these licensees. And uh, what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to ask you okay. if you can connect me with this guy. Sure. So that I can ask these questions of him. Uh, I can probably go to Owen and ask as well. I've, mm-hmm. you know, I've interviewed him before, but I haven't interviewed this guy. And I'm, I'm really kind of curious. And and if, if you don't feel comfortable doing that, I can actually, I can reach out to Jeff as well. And I'm sure Jeff. Oh, yeah, I, I could totally uh, okay. get you connected right. with Dave. No problem yeah. at all. Yeah, are are you trying to get him to to make this a full time gig for you so you can give up your day job then? Well, I we did actually have a conversation, but yeah. um, we'll see what happens after Total Recall happens. Yeah, um, they already have a release schedule up on the Kickstarter page and yeah, their personal that. website. Yeah. So um, May of next year, the Total Recall PDF will be available, and then the print book shortly after that. Mm-hmm. So in my future, I see it very likely that I'll be running games of Total Recall at Gen Con next year. <laughs> yes. That seems very likely. Good timing. Good timing yeah. for that. Yeah. You know, it's, um, you know, kind of looking at that, the schedule they have out, it looks like, you know, the MCU's, you know, phase, you know, phase one schedule yeah, now. So it's Everyday Heroes phase one schedule and they mm-hmm. have all these things. One of the things I noticed on there is I didn't see, I don't think I saw any, uh, zombie properties. And I'm thinking I'm going to make a pitch for the walking dead. I think that would fit in really good with the everyday heroes kind of, yeah, theme, I, you know, I could see that working too. Um, I don't know everything that they've been discussing, but over Gen Con, Dave was saying that um, since the Kickstarter is funded, there's been companies actually approaching him mm-hmm. to pitch their IPs now. Nice. And they also announced at Gen Con that, um, there is probably going to be a game about an assassin whose dog gets shot. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That's kind of everyday yeah. anti-hero, though. But yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> um, also fits with the crow, too. Like all of yeah. the other properties yeah, they have true. going on. That makes sense. Yeah. And the crows, are, I thought the crows are a little supernatural there. So I was kind of surprised, you know, of those. Yeah. So you know, they... So. Um, it's sort of like basically having your animal companion being the one that gives you some of your extra powers. And they had an interview as well with the original creators and they were basically given permission to sort of expand that pantheon. Wow. Nice. So they sort of broadened the universe in regards to which abilities and uh, characters that you can be. It's not just like a single crow and only one person can be the crow. Right. They they open it up a little bit. Now, does this all, this is all open gaming license stuff, I'm guessing, or is it a completely different animal? 
So they actually just announced um, at Gen Con as well that they have their own licensing program for Everyday Heroes. Okay, cool. So you can write content for them that they'll even help you sell by signing up to be a part of the program. Nice. So once they do their release with, well, you can sign up now, but once they do their release with their core rules and all of these cinematic adventures, you can also do, and I think... um, uh, Luke Gygax already signed up to do yes, like I, I a, saw something like a there, futuristic yeah. wasteland kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that was announced pretty much right at the gate. So right. yeah, it, it works effectively like the OGL, but for the new version of uh, right. the, the modern system. Nice. No, that's, I'm excited. You must be really excited. To oh write yeah, this. this is great. Like this is, I mean, they contacted me seemingly out of the blue and it's been yeah. a wild ride. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's the word count on something like that that you got to put together? So this is about 35,000 words for this okay, adventure. Right. And the cinematic adventures will be first part rules to um, that fit the setting and support it. And then the adventure in the back to play in and just go wild. Nice. Very good. So what other cool projects uh, do you have in the works or what's the progress? Like you mentioned kind of the mobile thing. Is, is there any yeah. updates on that? So... Um, with the mobile project, when I first, basically, this goes back to when I got my first freelance gig mm-hmm. um, with Jason at Legendary Games. I had the cornerstones of what the campaign setting was going to look like in Pathfinder First Edition. And that's what I presented to him with the idea of making it a mobile game before he gave me my first job. Um, so uh, it still exists in Pathfinder 1. I am uh, trying to see how it works in Pathfinder 2. The good thing about it is that um, when I have the chance in my freelance work, sometimes I'll get the opportunity to get paid for something I previously wrote at home for the campaign (laughs) setting and have it be professionally published. Mm -hmm. So that actually happened with the work that I did for Write Publishing. Mm -hmm. Um, That episode of Pathways Magazine was just the theme of mystery. So I created a series of high-level spells that... Um, affected planner travel and Mm -hmm. the mishaps that can occur when you basically try to teleport or plane shift within this planner hazard. And um, that was something I came up as a cornerstone for my own campaign, something that I was able to get published. And thanks to the OGL, you can reprint all that. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. And I was going to ask you about, oh, I don't remember now. So I was going to ask you about the mobile thing. Oh, Mm -hmm. voice acting. Have you done any more voice acting since then? Yeah. So I actually did the voice of Ashasar, who is a NPC from the Concordance of Elements in Pathfinder. Mm -hmm. Um, I voiced him for the Pathfinder Starfinder special at Gen Con actually last year. So when the NPCs are, you know, pushing on the Pathfinders after they complete their next objective... I got to be one of the NPC voices that sort of helped you along. Yeah, I saw the list of names in there, and so I knew you were in there. I mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't know who you did per se. Yeah, I don't remember. There's so much going on, right? Yeah, uh, and I, I mean, that. especially after Total Recall, geez, I need to update my website. But <laughs> um, I, I've started gathering images for the voice acting roles I've done. Yeah. So whenever you see voice actors like show up at a convention and things like that. I mean, I don't personally have agency representation right now, but I am basically putting together one of those images that has all of the voice acting work that I've done. And then eventually I'll have that to throw up on the website too. Nice. Nice. 
Well, it seems like you've been keeping busy here over the last yeah. year or two. Uh, do you have any different advice for people interested in getting involved? Like this total recall thing just came out of the blue. Yes. You know, how does somebody get a gig like that? Yeah. So I've been freelancing in the industry for five years now. And this is the first time that someone has reached out to me specifically for a job. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to get to that spot, if that's what people are looking to do, I mean, eventually, I feel like, you know, that's not the only person that's going to come looking for a job after this, especially after Total Recall. Right. right. Um, but I think the advice I gave the last time we chatted was just networking. Yes. And I was talking about my experience and how that got me my first freelance job. Mm-hmm. But I would say now that, um, and this is something I've actually heard from both people who have worked in um, either Pathfinder or even D&D at Wizards. Mm-hmm. Is that if you have something that you're working on, publish it yourself or put it online somewhere. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it's D&D Beyond, Pathfinder Infinite, um, blog posts about gaming content. As long as there's rules and something you've actually developed, mm-hmm. having a place like your website that people can go look is exactly what people want to see. And I was speaking to... Um, uh, uh, Jason Tondro, who is mm-hmm. now working for Wizards of the Coast, yep. I ran into him at Gen Con, and um, he was just like, just do it, because this is my first fifth edition um, project that I'll be working on, but if there's something else I want to do, just get it out there on D&D Beyond or yep. Drive Through RPG, and depending on when a company like Wizards of the Coast would be looking for work, they'll see mm-hmm. that you actually have these credits, and that just makes you more of an attractive applicant. Right, right. No, no, for sure. You know, it's uh, I, in in terms of the networking. I'm really interested in 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 uh, the Walking Dead. If, if mm-hmm. there's somebody who needs any writing done, <laughs> I've been freelancing here for three years, and I, I you know, I've got uh, about a dozen credits. I'm happy to give it a go. Well, I'll I'll, go. I'll get you in touch with Dave, and we'll see we'll see what <laughs> okay. we can do for sure. All right, all right. So so what's next uh, for you, Carlos? What are the cool things yeah. that you're working on that you can actually talk about, even yes. in a, vi- a very vague way? <laughs> so the video game board game um, is still going to be under development with the um, board game publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, some new management's coming in to find out when they can fit it into their schedule and hopefully return to these projects that. Um, were just about to happen before new ownership took over. Right. Then um, my design partner, who I worked on that project with, we are already working on our second board game project that mm-hmm. we are going to try to sell, hopefully within the next few months or so. Um, while I was basically talking about Total Recall and um, running games for some of the digital game board folks, um, my design partner was basically meeting all these manufacturers to see how we could basically produce our games ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to PAX East in April this year and was handing out all these business cards. And sometimes networking doesn't work. Didn't have, didn't hear back from any of those folks. But then I realized everyone I was talking to already had their own booth and was selling their own content. Right. So right. I think the most logical step for me at this point in my career is start self-publishing more because it's getting easier and easier to do so and then Mm -hmm. have something that other people just want to buy. Right, 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 right. Very cool. Very cool with that. Well, you know, it's been great catching up with you. And um, 
I don't have any openings right now this fall for uh, for a lecture, but if something falls mm. through, would you be available again? Yeah, yeah. If something okay. comes up, just let me know. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I had I had you in the year before. Actually, I actually had Jason Nelson come nice. in and talk about Legendary. So um, this year, I had somebody contact me out of the blue who wants to talk about um, kind of online marketing and a business he started mm-hmm. for that. And I thought, you know, our students need to know that stuff too. So I yeah. thought it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, well, and thanks. I've been hearing a lot yeah. of talk with like fellow freelancers about how much, you know, being a marketer of yourself is just so important too. It is. And it's it's hard. You know, I'm my, my background's in marketing and mm-hmm. I don't like to market myself. I try to be consistent with my branding, but in terms of constantly engaging and doing stuff, I, that's everything I do is kind of for fun. So yeah. I'm not looking to, to actively do that. But as a freelancer though, what I find is there are certain instances where I need to make people aware of my interest at least mm-hmm. and some of my expertise, especially now that, you know, I've got a dozen credits under my belt. So it's, it's kind of, kind of changed quite a bit over time. Well, Carlos, thanks again uh, for joining us on the podcast. I hope you're enjoying this wonderful weather we're having in Seattle. So, and uh, hopefully I'll see you at a convention sometime soon when I can travel. I'm not able to, to get out to conventions yet, but thanks again. Yeah. Thank you very much.